Today we're going to talk about walking the walk. Walk the Talk is a new gospel song by the quartet, can't think of the name of them, but look it up on YouTube. Walk the Talk. Um, our passage today concerns the light of Christ and how to walk and live in the light of Christ. Jesus said, I am the light of the world. He who follows me will not walk in darkness. Paul is using that theme in the book of Ephesians as we study this great epistle in the Bible. He is using that theme among other word pictures to help us understand what it means to be a faithful disciple of Jesus Christ. Um, back in chapter 4, he talked about using the word picture, put on Christ, put off the old clothes, put on the new clothes, put on Christ. And when you put on Christ, you behave as Christ, you act as Christ would act, you make the choices that Jesus would make, and you reflect this new life. Today, as we move into chapter 5, he's going to talk about being children of God and being imitators of God. That's how he begins chapter 5. And if you'll notice, little children like to walk after their parents and follow them. And as we follow Jesus, who is our parent in the faith, if you will, the Heavenly Father revealed through Jesus Christ, we learn how to walk. Um, my, uh, my dad uh, had, a, had a walk uh, with his left foot that kind of stuck out this way. And when he would work in the garden, I would follow in his steps. And I learned to walk with one foot out like this and one foot straight ahead. I walked like my dad walked. Well, Jesus is the light of the world, and we live in a world of darkness. The Bible says in John that the light shone in the darkness, and the world loved the darkness more than they loved the light, the light of Christ. And so as we live in this world of darkness, we are to be faithful to the light of the world so we don't get choked in the darkness. How many of you have ever stumped your toe on a piece of furniture at night trying to find your way to the restroom or out? You've done that? Is it painful? Did you lose your religion? Yeah, I've done that. Pretty near lost my religion. But I thank God that His mercies are fresh every morning, even though my toe hurts terribly. Well, it hurts to walk in a dark world. It is a world of suffering. It is a world of pain. It is a world of abuse. It is a world of isolation. It is a world of abandonment. It is all the things that we hate in this age. And until Christ returns there will not be a new heaven and a new earth to live in. We've got to keep living in this world of darkness. But we don't live alone. We have the light of Christ to guide us. We have the light of Christ to live in us. And so we don't have to experience that kind of darkness. And that's what Paul's trying to write about in this passage of Scripture. We're going to be reading verses 8 through 14. And I made a mistake in turning in my outline this week or the passage of Scripture. I really want to start in verse 7. So where you join in in verse 8 and watching the text on the screen, um, 
verse 7 is where I'm going to start. All right, there's verse 8, so let me read verse 7. Paul says, Therefore do not be partakers with them, that the them, the them, the them, the, the they that he's talking about, are people who walk in darkness. For he says in verse 8, Remember, you were formerly darkness, but now you are the light in the Lord. You're not your own light. You reflect the light of Christ, like the moon reflects the sun's light. By the way, have you been watching the moon set each evening here in, here in uh, Meade County? It's beautiful, absolutely beautiful. And if you don't have a nice place to go watch it, come here and come to the parking lot back here. I'm serious. Just come to the parking lot. Got a fingernail moon right now, almost a quarter moon, I guess. And you will have an amazing view of the sunset as it sets in the west. And when you see that sun setting, and the moon kind of follows it right now, it's amazing. It's awe-inspiring. And you remember that we too are like the moon. We reflect the light of Christ into the world. We are not the light, but we reflect the light. And so he uses that phrase here in verse 8. Now you are light in the Lord. Now we're going to work on that here in just a minute, but really what he's getting to is you have been changed. You have been transformed from a world of darkness to a world of light. And now you're shining in the Lord. So in verse 8, and this is where we get the title of today's message, Walk as Children of the Light. That word is, is an aorist imperative, meaning this is what you do. This is not a choice. This is an imperative phrase that says, do this, do this. And I really think he means you either do it or you'll die in the dark. And there's a lot of Christians that are dying in the dark in the ditches of this world and have given up on the return of Christ and the hope of eternity that he's going to speak about here in just a minute. Verse 9 says, and this is really a parenthetical statement here, for the fruit of the light consists in this. If you're walking in the light, here are three things, here are three fruits that you're going to bear. Goodness, because God is good. What? All the time. That's right. And God is righteous, meaning God is always right, right? God is always in the right. Whatever he decides to do, he's in the right. And God is seeing to it that the right gets done. And the right gets done in this world through you and me who are children of the light. Do you see that? So the three virtues he mentions here are goodness, righteousness, and truth. Jesus said, I am the way, I am the what? I'm the way, I'm the what? I'm the way, I'm the what? And the life. In verse 10, and he admits here that we are all on a journey. You know, when you, when you uh, are, are like a child growing up, you're on a journey of maturity in verse 7. And when you're trying to walk after Christ and be close to him, you're still on that journey. So he says, trying to learn, trying to learn. Give it your best effort. 
all he's asking us to do, we will never do perfectly. But God gives us mercy that's fresh every morning. And he said, we're trying to learn what is pleasing to the Lord. So he recaps it a little bit, and he just kind of nails it a little more as he recaps it. Don't participate in the unfruitful deeds of darkness, but instead expose them. In other words, don't let the world influence you, but you influence the world. Don't let the darkness of this world become your identity, but let your identity as a believer and follower of Jesus expose the evil and the darkness of this world. Because guess what? The people of this world who do not know Jesus Christ are living in darkness and they've never seen the light and they don't know what it's like to live in the light. For it is disgraceful, he says, even to speak of the things which are done by them in secret. And we're living in a day where the darkness seems to be stronger than the light of the gospel. It seems to be. It seems to be. I really come to believe the morals of the world we live in are literally inverted, upside down, of what God desires. Even despicable. Even despicable, he says, of what happens in secret. You know where the devil lurks? You know where the devil lurks? Do you know where he operates? Light or darkness? Darkness. And when you shine a light on darkness, Satan doesn't like that because it exposes who he really is. He is the king of liars. He is the king of liars. And the truth of the gospel and the truth of being a fruit-bearing Christian with goodness, righteousness, and truth exposes the lies of Satan. And when you shine the light of truth and the gospel on Satan, you're either going to make the devil mad or he's going to run away. He will not like it. Verse 13, he says, But all things become visible when they're exposed by the light. For everything that becomes visible is light. Now verse 14 sounds kind of odd right here. But it may have been a baptismal formula. Now when we baptize someone, uh, we'll say, Do you believe in the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus? Yes, we do. And uh, but this may have been a baptismal formula where they lowered the person into the water and as they were coming up, the person doing the baptizing might have said, Awake, sleeper, and rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. See, see the picture there? That's a beautiful baptismal picture. Well, let's talk a little bit about what it means to walk as children of the light. How do we do that? How do we pursue Christ and the light in the dark world in which we live? Now I'm going to talk about six ways because each of these is, is uh, uh, each of these truths is guided by the scriptures that we just read. Verse seven says, "Do not be partakers with them." One of the ways we walk in the light of Christ is that we do not rejoin the darkness. Don't go back to the darkness. He says, don't be partners with people who are living in darkness. In the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 6, Paul would write, For what fellowship does light have with darkness? You don't belong in the darkness anymore. 
you have the light of Christ. And He has rescued you. He has redeemed you. He has transformed you from the darkness. So one way, and it's just kind of, well, duh, this is a no-brainer, but hey, it's hard to do sometimes, is that we easily revert back to old ways of living before we were saved. We must flee from, not share in, some of the darkness that he's mentioned in chapter 4 and chapter 5. He's mentioned three in chapter 4 and chapter 5. One is greed. Don't go back to greed. Greed means, well, those are the folks that, that have enough, but in their mind they'll never have enough. Another is sexual immorality. Sexual Im- immorality. It's amazing how Paul uses this dark uh, uh, behavior again and again and again and again in his writings and corrupt speech. Living in the darkness, folks, is, is like stumping your toe every night in your house. It's painful. It's painful. Someone has written a poem about changing behaviors, and it kind of applies to the Christian faith. Portia Nelson has written this poem. Some of you may have heard it before. It talks about how transformation comes, sometimes kind of slowly, but we finally get there. And it's called The Autobiography in Five Short Chapters. It's really a little prose. An autobiography in five short chapters. Chapter number one. I walk down the street. There's a deep hole in the sidewalk. I fall in. I am lost. I am helpless. But it's not my fault. And it takes forever to find a way out. Chapter 2. I walk down the same street. There's a deep hole in the sidewalk. I still don't see it. I fall in again. I can't believe I am in the same place. But it's still not my fault. It still takes a long time to get out. Chapter 3. I walk down the same street. There's a deep hole in the sidewalk. I see it there, but I still fall in. It's a habit. It's my fault. I know where I am, then I get out immediately. Chapter 4. I walk down the same street. There's a deep hole in the sidewalk. I walk around it. Chapter 5. Chapter 5. I walk down a different street. I think that little prose, that little poem, illustrates what Paul is trying to say in this passage of Scripture. Yes, it's dark all around you, Quit following the darkness. Quit craving the darkness. Quit craving the sin of this world. So one of the ways to walk as children of the light is simply not going back, not rejoining those in darkness. Number two, another way to walk as children of the light is to live out our new identity in Christ. We are, he said, children of the light. That's a whole new identity. When you follow Christ, you have Christ. Let me say that again. When you follow Christ, you have Christ. 
And Jesus said, I'm the light of the world, and you have the light of Christ. That's the new you that you're putting on, like new clothes, he says in uh, chapter 4. The new you is that you have the light of Christ. That's our new identity. Jesus said, I'm the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. So when we follow Jesus, we have Jesus. When God created the world, hear this, follow me carefully. When God created the world, what did he say? Let there be light. When God said, let there be light, what was formless became formed. What was pervasive darkness was put on its heels. What was void began to be filled with life. And then that word, through whom God created the world, became flesh and dwelt among us. And he said, I am the light of the world. I think one thing Jesus is saying is, I alone can take what is formless and form it. I alone can put darkness on its heels. I alone can fill voids with life. Why in the world would you want to chase darkness? Why in the world would you want to go back to old ways that hurt and was painful when you have the light of eternity and goodness and life? Walk, he said, is children of the light. That's evidence of our conversion. So I ask, how close are you following Jesus this morning? Are you seeking his light in your life? Is Jesus your pilot or your co-pilot? Remember the little license plate? Jesus is my co-pilot. He will not be your co-pilot. He will not accept second, second place. He will either be your pilot and you will be his passenger or you won't be on his plane. Our identity is the light of the world. A third way that we walk in the light is that we do all that is good and right and true. Verse 9, he says, For the fruit of the light consists in all goodness and righteousness and truth. God is always good. God is always right. God is always true. When you follow his light, he reveals what is beautiful. Satan wants to cover up the evil with darkness. Jesus wants to re <coughs> reveal to you a new life, a life that's beautiful, a life that's good. In fact, the Apostle Paul put it this way, whatsoever is true, whatsoever is honorable, whatsoever is right, whatsoever is pure, whatsoever is lovely, Whatever is of good reputation, 
whatever is of any excellence, anything worthy of praise, let your little mind dwell on these things. That is the light of Christ. Well, how do we do good? How do we do right? How do we do what's true? Well, in following Jesus, we need to develop at least five steady habits. Every Christian needs to have these five steady habits as we follow Jesus. Simply reading the Bible. Because it is the Spirit of God that has inspired the Word of God which speaks to us, the people of God. How are you doing with that habit? I don't mean habit in a bad way. I'm talking about habit as in a good way. Something you do, but you don't even think about, I've got to do that. You just do it. Read the Bible. Second one is called prayer. That's simply communicating with God. You can talk to the Lord just like you talk to your spouse. Some folks don't attend church except on Christmas and Easter. Can you imagine talking to your spouse two times a year? What kind of marriage would you have? Somebody up here said a good one. I don't know who said that, but <laughs> we're just teasing. What if you only communicate with, communicated with your friend or a spouse? Let's say your best friend. And you only did it once a month. You wouldn't have much of a relationship, would you? Intimate communication, intimate communication is a constant co communication. It's a constant conversion, conversation rather. And prayer to be intimate and healthy with the Lord should be a constant conversation. Number three, a third habit is connection. Uh, Baptists call that fellowship. Now that's not just banana pudding and fried chicken and green beans and mashed potatoes and, you know, pecan pie. Hey, you folks that are retired and not coming to the joy group, you're missing a lot of fellowship, let me tell you. Connection. Who do you hang out with? Who are your Christian friends? Connection is so important. A fourth basic habit of Christians is to be giving. To be a good steward of your money. Yes, your money. Well, let's talk about my time. No, I want to talk about your money. Well, let's talk about other ways I could do stuff. No, Jesus wanted to talk about your money. Because where your treasure is, that's where your heart is, Jesus said. And a good habit of Christians is that we have a generous spirit with the blessings that God has given to us. A fifth habit of followers of Christ, just sharing your faith. Uh, I like to call that these days gospel conversations. You know, you just ask somebody a question or two, let them tell their story, and then you tell your story to them. It's just that simple. These are things that are good and right and true. They demonstrate that we are walking in the light as Christ himself is the light. In verse 10, he goes on to talk about pleasing the Lord. And that's another way we 
demonstrate that we are children of the light. We are trying to learn what is pleasing to the Lord. We never get it perfectly, but we keep on working at it. We're not here on earth to please everybody else. We are here to please the Lord. Let me say that again. We're not here on earth to please everybody else. We are here on earth to please the Lord, to glorify Him, and to seek Him in all that we do. A fifth way that we walk as children of the light is verses 11 through 13. Do not participate in the unfruitful deeds of darkness, but instead expose them. For it's disgraceful even to speak of the things which are done by them in secret. But all things come, become visible when they're exposed by the light, for everything that becomes visible is light. You see, when you're following the light of Christ, you're beginning to expose the darkness and the corrupt places that are in the world around us. Light repels darkness every time. And that's a threat. Listen to this. Listen. That's a threat to the darkness. You may not make a lot of friends in life if you stand for what is good, for what is right, and for what is true. But the friends you have will be your friends for eternity. Sixth and finally, a way that we Walk as children of the light is in verse 14. And, and I want to end here. I, I've, I never really understood much about what this verse was about, but God just blessed me this week. He said, for, the, for this reason it says, and he's quoting from some of the Old Testament passages like Isaiah 6, 60. For this reason it says, awake sleeper and, and arise from the dead and Christ will shine on you. We are children of the light, and we bear witness that we are children of the light because we trust the light. We trust the, Christ, the light of Christ to be our eternal hope. Not our temporal, earthly hope, but our eternal hope. He's talking about the afterlife. He's talking about the resurrection. He's talking about life after death. That's what he's talking about here. Let us live as if we can already see heaven. Let us live as if we can already see the return of Jesus Christ. I've never been to heaven, but I believe that it exists, don't you? I believe that Jesus is coming back. I've never seen him physically like the twelve apostles, but I've never seen the wind either, as Jesus told Nicodemus in John chapter 3, but I believe that the wind exists. And I believe the Holy Ghost exists, the Holy Spirit of God exists, because I have felt His presence, I have been transformed by His presence, I have been delivered by His presence. He is real. I've never seen Him with my physical eyes, but I believe that He is. David Cortland is a novelist, a novelist who was walking down the mall of Washington, D.C. Some of you have been there. I've been there. And he saw a, a several people walking together toward him in the mall at Washington, D.C. And it was obvious that all of them had the distinctive cane of blind people. And then when, when they got up to him, one of the blind people handed him a camera 
and said, would you take our picture? Mr. Cortland said he was surprised for a minute that this group of blind people <laughs> wanted him to take their picture. Well, he was nice about it. They stood in line with their little white canes. And uh, he gave them the camera back, and he went on home. And it bothered him the rest of the day, why would blind people want their picture taken? How are they going to see the picture? Later that night, it occurred to him that even though they could not see, they still believed in sight. I've not seen the Holy Spirit, but I believe the Holy Spirit is working here now. Because when you read God's Word, inspired by God's speak people, but inspired by God's Spirit, which speaks to God's people, God is here. When two or three are gathered in my name, Jesus said, I'm there because I live in each one who believes in me. No, I can't see heaven, but I believe heaven is, don't you? And I will not see the harvest of gospel conversation seeds that I planted this week, but I believe the Spirit of God will bring that seed to fruit, even though I can't see it. Children of light trust the light, whether they can see the light or not. Children of light, trust the light, whether you can see it or not. Will you trust your life to Jesus? He's the light of the world. He wants to come into your life and take charge. He wants to light up your life in a way that pleasures of the world can never do. The pleasures of the world continue to make your world dark. Will you come to the light? Let's bow together in prayer. Oh Jesus, light of the world, Shine on this place of worship today as we all make some decision here to walk closer to you, to renew our fellowship with you, to believe in you when times seem so dark, that you're good, that you're righteous, and you're bringing truth to my dark world. Father, be Lord of this invitation through your Holy Spirit pray there'll be one person to say I want to get saved today and want to give my life to Jesus I pray they come while we say in Jesus name we pray Amen You've been listening to the Sunday morning worship service of the Ekron Baptist Church You too can accept the eternal life offered by Jesus Christ First admit that you are a sinner 
Then believe that Jesus Christ can forgive you of your sins and ask him to come into your heart and change your life. Then confess your faith in Jesus Christ as your Savior and Lord. If you've made this decision today, write to us at the Akron Baptist Church, 2775 Hayesville Road, Akron, Kentucky, 40117. If you're looking for a church home, we invite you to be a part of our growing family with programs and Bible studies for all ages. Join us next Sunday at 11 a.m. for morning worship from the Akron Baptist Church. Until that time, may God bless.